Whatever God has given you the ability to do to acquire possessions is because of him and not you. We reject pride because of God's attitude towards it. And I want you to hear today why you need to reject pride. The Bible says there are six things that the Lord hates, yea, seven that are an abomination to him. The first thing in the list is pride. Because pride is the root of all other sins. Guest speaker, Pastor Leroy Armstrong continues on the sermon series, Forgiveness and Humility. And his message today is choosing humility over pride. Coming from Luke chapter 18, verses nine through 14. And let's listen as Pastor Armstrong dives deeper into the message. Two men, Jesus says, went up to the temple to pray. Prayer is always a good thing. <laughs> he says that these two men, one was a Pharisee. Pharisees, the top of the religious pecking order. Pharisees, the ones who stood out in their own eyes above everybody else. Pharisees, the keepers of the religious rules. One was a Pharisee. The other, Jesus says, was a tax collector. In those days, the tax collectors had a reputation worse than the IRS. They were despised people. You know how you don't want to hear the IRS call you? <laughs> it was worse than that for a tax collector. People didn't even want to see them show up in their lives. They were despised because they were ruthless. They were cheats. They charged more than what was necessary in their collection of taxes for the Roman Empire, and they pocketed the rest. Jesus says two people went to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, one a tax collector. And he uses this parable, this story, in order to help us understand the value of choosing humility over pride. And so I want to start by simply saying to you, Amity, and those who are watching online, that if you're going to choose humility over pride, it must start with you rejecting pride as the pathway to demotion. I'll say it again that if you're going to choose humility, it begins, first of all, with a rejection of pride as the pathway to demotion. Look at it in the text. I'm not going to make it up. Verse number nine, Jesus says he started this story because he wanted to teach some people who trusted in themselves. You see, pride, pride, literally, the, 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 in, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Old Testament, 
If you dig down into the nature of this word pride, it literally means to lift up. That, that's the root of it, to, to, to lift up. So that the prideful person lifts him her or herself up by counting on themselves, trusting in themselves. Verse number nine, he says, I'm going to give you this parable. I want to teach you this story so that those who trust in themselves might learn something if they're willing. <laughs> what does pride look like? It looks like the person who counts on him or herself. I depend on me and nobody else. I can't trust nobody else, so I trust myself. You thought you were being noble by saying since you can't trust nobody else, you just have to trust yourself. God says it's pride. Pride not only counts on yourself, pride compares yourself to others. Look, look, at, look at the Pharisee, verse number 11. Look, look at it. There he is, he's standing and he's praying. One translation says he prayed to himself. <laughs> Why bother praying if you're going to pray to yourself? <laughs> but he prays himself and watch him, listen to his words. God, I thank you. He was doing good right there. He's doing all right. If he had, if he had stayed in that vein, he'd have been all right. God, I thank you. That's a mighty good way to pray. God, I thank you. <laughs> But he messes up when he keeps on. God, I thank you. Watch it. Watch the comparison that I am not like other folk. See, pride, pride is always comparing yourself to somebody else. Always measuring yourself against some other human being. And most of the time we are measuring, comparing ourselves so that we can watch it raise ourselves above others. Look what Jesus said back in verse number nine. He told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous, that they got it all together but viewed other people with contempt. You see, see, this comparison always leads to you degrading eventually another person in your own eyes, tearing them down, positioning your, finding their faults, positioning yourself above them so that you can raise yourself in your own eyes. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 12, God says, whenever you compare yourselves with other people, you are without sense. In other words, foolish. Because when you compare yourself, I compare myself to somebody, I can always find somebody who's worse off than me. 
But when we don't do too much comparing ourselves to those who appear to be better than us, because that always leads us down the road of envy. Says if you want to, you want to make a good choice today. You you will reject pride because pride counts on oneself. Pride compares to other folk. Pride credits yourself for stuff you have no business taking credit for. Look, look at him, verse number 12. There he is. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to stay in the word. Is that all right at Amity Bible Church? Look, look at him. I, look at him. I fast twice a week. <laughs> I fast twice a week. He bragged. I, I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of everything that I have. He's counting on himself. Haven't forgotten, haven't forgotten that fasting means you are, you are choosing to abstain from food. He, he forgotten that the ability to eat didn't come from him. How, how dare you take credit for what you're not responsible for? The ability to take a fork and move the food from the plate to your mouth is not because of you. takes credit. What are some of those things we take credit for? Appearances? You have nothing to do with your physical features. God just gave it to you. And because God gave it to you, you have no reason to take credit for it as if you are responsible. I don't care if you go get surgery, add some Botox, whatever you do, change your hair, buy some hair, add it in, whatever, lift and tuck. I don't care what you do. <laughs> we cannot take credit for our appearances. God just gave it to us. Take credit for our abilities. I am the one who knows how. Forgetting that, that the reason you are in your right mind is not because you've been so good. We were riding on the way over here and I saw a guy walking and he didn't have a shirt on, shorts on. That's okay because it's hot and humid outside. But as he was walking, he was out of his mind. Why is that not you? Because you're so smart? Because you're so good? No. No, it's, it's the goodness of God that you are able to do whatever you do. You know how to work computers? God gave you the sense. You know how to add numbers? God gave you. You know how to teach? You know how to sing? Whatever it is, God gave you the ability. Our acquaintances, we take credit for our acquaintances, who we know, who, who we can text, who we can call, and they answer your call. 
Do you understand that any relationship you have, take your family of origin. You didn't choose to be born into your family. And if you are blessed to be, every family got some dysfunctions. So I ain't talking about that. But if you are blessed to be in a family, or if you don't believe me, just go to a funeral with your family or go to a wedding and the dysfunction will show up big time. Have I got a witness here? <laughs> we just came through a funeral and a wedding. And in both instances, the dysfunction of family life will show up. But, but in spite of that, we are, we are blessed to have some good families, some good parents, some good siblings, some good children. And you're not responsible for that. Your acquisitions what you drive, what you wear, where you live, what you have in the bank, you are not responsible. We have no business taking credit for it. And when we do, my friends, it's pride. Deuteronomy chapter number eight, God was talking to his people as they were preparing to enter the land of promise. Listen to these words that God said. He said, otherwise, he says, you may say in your heart that my power and the strength of my hand has made me this wealth. He says, but you are to remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you the power to make wealth. Whatever God has given you the ability to do to acquire possessions is because of him and not you. Reject pride because of God's attitude towards it. Here's where I just want to slow down a little bit. There's a whole lot of Bible. The tech team is going to help me. Because I don't want you to hear from me. I want you to hear from God. Somebody today who's watching online, who's here with us in person, somebody today needs to be honest with yourself. And I want you to hear today why you need to reject pride coming from the sponsor, God himself. Proverbs chapter number six, verse 16 and 17. There's a list. The Bible says there are six things that the Lord hates, yea, seven that are an abomination to him. Did you get that? Seven things that God hates and considers to be an abomination. And the first, list, the first thing in the list is... Pride before my haughty eyes. Eyes that lift yourself up above other people. Proverbs chapter 8, verse number 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride, arrogance, the evil way, and the perverted mouth, God says, I hate. You position yourself in, in the arena of pride, you are positioning yourself in the arena that God hates. Proverbs 15, 25, the Lord will tear down the house of the proud. And I hear you, I hear you going, but, but, but can't he do it quicker? I mean, how long does it take him to tear down the house? I'm looking at somebody that's arrogant and prideful. How long is it going to take God? That ain't your decision. Just understand that God is true to his word. <laughs> 
And, and watch this. You, 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 you may not want to be too hard on them because God is patient with them like he's patient with you. Proverbs chapter number 16, verse number 5, everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. Proverbs 21, verse 4, haughty eyes and a proud heart, the lamp of the wicked is sin. What is sad about us today is that we live in a culture that celebrates pride. And I know it's true, even in the church, we celebrate arrogance. God, what God has called sin, we have said is all right. Proverbs 28 and 25, an arrogant person stirs up strife. You ever find somebody who's always messy and making messy, and whenever they show up, mess follows them? <laughs> It, Leroy ain't saying this. God says that the person that stirs up strife has a root in arrogance, pride. Proverbs 29, 23, a person's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain honor. All you have to do is look at the hinge verse in Luke chapter 18 and verse number 14. Where Jesus says, but, the, but everyone who exalts himself will be humble. The Bible is full. This is why you ought to read your Bible. It never hurts you to read the, the word of God. God's word is so rich, so full. I mean, just read the Bible and you see all kinds of examples of pride. I, I don't have time to go over all of them. I just lift up one for him. You remember King Uzziah? Scholars, some scholars like to call him Uzziah. I don't care what you pronounce it, Uzziah or Uzziah. You know what I'm talking about. That fellow, right? <clears throat> the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter number 26 that Uzziah, when he became king, he started off, if you will, from small beginnings. And the Bible says that he sought the Lord God. <laughs> and as long as he sought God, God prospered him. And, and 2 Chronicles 26, verses 1 through 15, show you this progression of, of Uzziah seeking God and God continually helping him and promoting him and elevating him and making him stand out over others. And it says he was marvelously helped by God. And then you get to verse number 16. It says, but when he became strong in his own eyes, his heart was so proud that he acted corruptly. For many of us, a fair question is, how high can God lift us without losing us? How, how high can God elevate you without you forgetting who's responsible? You see? So that a wise choice, a wise choice is to reject 
pride because it is the pathway to demotion, period. <laughs> no time frame specified. Thank God for his patience. But God is true to his word. And there's somebody here today who's listening to God speak through his word. And if you are willing to be honest, you fit the description of being a prideful person. And today, watch it, you have not yet been brought low. And you know why? Because God is patient. And he's giving you an opportunity to admit where you are and deal with it yourself before he steps in. Choosing humility over pride begins with rejecting pride as the pathway to demotion. It continues with embracing. I, I mean, embrace. This is not something that we casually do. It, you, you know, like some, some of y'all just a few minutes ago, we were greeting each other. You, you gave somebody a hug. You embraced them. They could feel your embrace. And that's what it takes for us if we want to see God move in our lives as a result of choosing humility. We must embrace humility. And we embrace humility as the pathway to promotion. In Luke 18 and verse number 14, the flip side of that, Jesus says, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Watch this, watch this. The one who humbles himself. What was pride? I told you, pride means to rise. To humble means just the opposite, to go low. To humble yourself is to take the low road. To humble yourself is to choose to go down when you could go up. To humble yourself is to choose in every circumstance, in every situation, in every relationship, with every opportunity that your prayer is, God, help me to choose the path of humility. Where I don't count on myself, God, I count on you. Where any good that comes through me, I know doesn't come from me. It comes from you and flows through me. So I'm going to make sure I give you the credit. And I'm not going to take the credit for myself. I'm not going to compare myself with any other human being because it's foolish and it doesn't lead to anything productive. But if I'm going to compare myself to somebody, I compare myself to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the standard. And am I looking like him? Romans chapter 8, verse number 28 is a Bible church. And we know that God calls us all things, yeah, you know it, to work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. But keep, keep reading the next verse, verse number 29. For those whom he foreknew, 
He did also predetermine, predestined that we would be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. There's your comparison. Do you look like Jesus? There's your comparison. How, am I, how does Leroy looking compare to Jesus? You see, when I choose humility, I don't take credit for my appearances. When I choose humility, I don't take credit for my abilities. I give all the praise and glory to God. When I choose humility, I don't take credit for any acquaintances that I have. I know that it's simply the favor of God that has positioned me in the place to have those acquaintances. When I choose humility, I don't take credit for the acquisitions. You got a car. You give God thanks for having a car. Amen, a car. If it's running, you give God thanks for it. Ah, thank you, Jesus. That is running and I don't have to go get on the bus. A car. God, I've got money to put gas in the car. Thank you, Jesus, for the finances to put gas in the car. It, it may not be the car you want. It may not be your dream car. But if God has given it to you and it got you here today, you better give him thanks for the car you have, the house you live in, whether it's yours or not, the apartment you live in, whatever you have, God's responsible for it. Humility gives God the credit for all that he blesses us with. And you know, it gets tough because ha have, have some singers like these ladies and gentlemen who are up here. I mean, sure enough doing it. All right? And we were blessed by them, weren't we? So what we normally do is we go up to sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so, oh, child, brother, look, man, you got a voice. Ooh, you killed that song today. And watch it, watch it, watch it. It's, it's, it's challenging and encouraging us to choose pride. Better if we said, I thank God for how he used you today. I'm helping them and me to keep it straight, baby. Not straight, straight. <laughs> Humility gives God the credit. Humility says, you know what? I don't have to have my name called. Humility says, I can work in the background. I don't have to get any credit. I don't have to call my name as long as I know that God sees my labor for him. Hebrews reminds us that our labor is not in vain and God sees all that we do for his glory. And which would you rather have, flowers from people down here or praise from God in heaven? I've made up my mind. You don't have to thank me for nothing. As long as God sees what I'm doing for him, I know that the day is coming when I hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And that's all I want to hear. We embrace, we embrace humility because of God's attitude toward humility. Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom. Watch this. And before honor comes humility. Before, somebody say before. before. 
before honor comes humility. Proverbs 22 and 4, the reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. The reward that God gives for humility is that God will bless you with riches, with honor, and with life when you know how to keep it straight and know who's responsible. James chapter 4 and verse number 10 says, Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, promise, and he will exalt you. Not he might, not he's thinking about it, but he will exalt you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 5, he says, And all of you, watch this, watch this, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. You see, every day, if you're married, you have a choice every day to choose humility in your interactions with your spouse. Some of y'all saying, Preacher, why did you have to go meddling right there? You was doing all right. Now you done messed up. You're all in my business. And, I, and all of you, he says, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Why? Because God is opposed to the proud. You want to have God against you? Raise yourself up in pride. And God is against you, not for you. He's opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time. Jesus closes this parable by simply saying that everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. Two men went up to the temple to pray. Prayer is a mighty good thing. And when we pray, <laughs> hopefully our prayers going forward will be, God, will you show me the degree of pride present in my life? Now, here's what I don't want you to pray. Don't, don't pray this prayer. Make sure, do not pray, God, humble me. That's not the prayer you want to pray. Don't pray that prayer. Luke 18, 14, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. Don't pray, God, humble me. No, no, that's your job. What you want to pray is, God, help me to do my job to take the low road to humble myself and then wait on you in your good time, God, to exalt me. Do your job, God will do his job. You do God's job and exalt yourself. God's going to do your job and humble you. So pray, pray God, show me the degree of pride. I, 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 can, say, I can say with 100% certainty that every one of you who are listening today to God preach through this vessel, every one of you need to confront the degree of pride that is present in your life. Don't tell me it ain't there. Because it is the root of every other sin. And the last time I checked, you've committed at least one sin, yes or yes. It's the root of every sin. So what we do is we, we go to God, get honest before him, like I had to do in December of 2009, where I was in that place where God had brought me low because I had chosen to exalt myself.
And when God brought me low, bro, I mean low, I came to my senses. And I fell on my face and I said, God, I am full of pride. Just like you say, it's led to destruction. Today, God, December 2009, today, God, I repent. of my sin of pride, you gotta own it. And I prayed, I said, God, if you don't ever do anything else with me for the rest of my life, will you teach me how to walk in authentic humility? 14 years later, I'm still learning. Thank God that every day is a new opportunity to choose humility. To position yourself where when God is ready, God will do the exaltation. And whenever God lifts you up, nobody can bring you down. Nobody. So I asked the tech team, they would put a prayer on the screen. I want us to read this prayer aloud in a posture of prayer together. Can you see the screens? Let's read. Dear God, I ask that out of your great goodness, you would make known that is revealed to me and take that is removed from my heart every kind and form and degree of pride, whether it be from evil spirits or my own corrupt nature, and that you would awaken in me the deepest depth and truth of that humility which can make me capable of your light and Holy Spirit. Andrew Murray offers us that prayer in his book by the one word title, Humility. I commend it to anybody who's ready to forthrightly confront this root sin. You read God's word? And you ask Holy Spirit to reveal to you wherever pride is in the scriptures and wherever humility is, and you'll begin to see like you've never seen before, like I began to in 2009. I'd been a Christian since 1978. That was a long time. Been in ministry a long time at that point, but I had never confronted this monster of pride. And what I can say to you is that over the last 13 or 14 years, of being in a posture of learning. I haven't mastered it. I'm still learning how to choose humility. I can tell you it's worth it. It's worth it. Because when God exalts in his good time, and he will, the Bible is clear, he will, humble people God chooses to put on display because they know who to give the glory to. They know who's responsible. They don't go crazy and act a fool. You need an example? Look at Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 says we ought to have this attitude, this mind in us that was in Christ Jesus, 
Watch him, watch him, who although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God something to cling to. But in verse number seven, the Bible says that he instead gave up his privileges. And he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Do you see him? Anybody want to be like Jesus? <laughs> you see Jesus, he, he humbled himself. He became obedient to the point of death. He let them beat on him. Some of us that had been us, we've been ready to fight, but like Peter was pulled out his sword and cut the man's ear off, trying to defend Jesus. Jesus said, no, no, Peter, put it away. I'm humbling myself. The Bible says that because he humbled himself, God chose to exalt him. Hey, God chose to elevate Jesus. God lifted him up and God gave him a name that's above every name. God put him in the posture of being the only way, the truth, and the life. God did it and nobody's better than Jesus and nobody can surpass him and nobody can take him down because God has lifted him up as King of kings and Lord of lords. Today, if you hear his voice, if you hear his voice, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. If you're hearing the voice of God, don't harden your heart. That wraps up another awesome word. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, be blessed.